I really want you to think strategy and I want you to think like an athlete. Personally, I feel like when someone comes in confident but humble and has done a lot of research, a lot of understanding, becoming the best nurse, healthcare provider, whatever it may be, that really shows. And I think thinking like an athlete, getting really into that mindset of this is what I'm gonna do, this is how I'm gonna help you and your unit, your setting, this is what I can bring, I'm bringing my best self. It's a lot of mentality and interviewing and job application, a true skill. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Selfie Show, where we are bringing you the weekly dose of sweet and salty. I am Tori, the founder and now co-host of The Selfie Show. I'm a nurse, blogger, and podcaster, and sitting across from me is my very salty co-host. I actually kind of wish you introduced me as your tan co-host, because I'm glowing right now. Sun-kissed co-host. Thank you. So this is your sun-kissed co-host. I am Sam. I am a flight nurse, college professor, podcaster, powerlifter, and co-host of The Selfie Show. Today, we are bringing you another Fun Friday episode talking off the clock about how to get you paid. Yes, we're getting into strategies, we're getting your job, we're landing jobs, we're doing portfolios, resumes, we're just, we're talking about all the things, you guys, to really help you get that foundation of how to land that job, how to switch into jobs, how to be your best performing self in so many different ways. We're going to go live all over. my life motto of get that bread, get that head, <laughs> then leave. I can't help myself. But yeah, we get asked this the most yes. and it's just too much to not do a full episode on. Yeah, so we wanted is... to bring you our last bonus episode. Yeah. For the uh, month. This is not an April Fool's joke. We're recording this <laughs> on April 1st. And this is also not an April Fool's joke. What is so important today about April 1st, Victoria? Uh, yeah. So today, April 1st, um, my second scrub top is la- has just launched with Barco Uniform. Oh, girl. Okay. Uh, this is so crazy. So um, back Okay, I love it. It's so Thank cute. You. Thank you. The colors. It is summer, honey. Yeah. It's like, okay, so this one's kind of summer inspired. This whole project, a little backstory, is I've been working with Barco Uniforms. I've you guys know I've only ever worn Barco uniforms. Sam and I have always, you know, Grey's Anatomy is my thing. Um, so anyway, Barco and I have been working together since 2019, and we created two scrub top prints. So this is my second one. The first one was called Pacific Cascade. It was more of a purple ombre. This one's Summer Morning, and it's sort of more neutrals. Um, it's just like all the feels that I get, you know, just when I'm honestly off work. Like and you're I was, a beach girl. Like you live down by the beach. Yeah. I love those those vibes. vibes. It's just kind of a moment. It was very special to be able to put something on a canvas, which happens to be a scrub top. I'm going to toot her horn because she's not going to hype herself up the way she deserves. But this bitch Mm. deserves all the props for this. I think that's amazing to actually have your own scrub. It's crazy. A company like that. Yeah. I mean, the only other person that's really... Katie Duke obviously has her line and it's just it feels I feel very thankful and like fortunate to be able to even have this opportunity so it is you launched. deserve it thank you Tori is like to the nursing community such an asset the amount of like resources and love she pours into her blog so if anyone deserves I it girl you. it's Thanks, you I'm baby. so proud of you thank I'm like you. a proud little mom oh, I love you <laughs> co mom yeah um so anyway you guys you can find these scrub tops on scrubs and beyond uh they're also available on uniform advantage and amazon we'll link them in the show notes for you guys too so 
If you yeah. want a twinsies with Tori, yes. you know where to get it. Oh, thanks, babe. All right. So rapid fire. You fun guys Fridays know Fun Friday. Like, so fun. I love it. These questions are getting harder, though. I know. I know. All right. Okay. Mm. So here we go. Okay. All right. What's the best thing that happened to you this month? Hitting 100K. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, now we're actually at, what are we at right now for downloads? We were at 111 earlier in the week, and I, I haven't checked as much this week. Sam is up on that. And then also, obviously, the scrub top lunch. That was really exciting. Love that for you. For me, it's definitely hitting 100K. That was such a milestone we worked so hard for, and I was religiously checking it to see when we would hit that mark and it <laughs> you was guys, she such was a refreshing the page like every five seconds yes, it was great I was so excited um best compliment you've ever received thank you and that not so much a compliment but when someone reaches out that they've landed their dream job um it's just really cool to hear like someone just saying like I got the job after like you know taking your advice on x y and z so yeah the best compliment I've actually received it was like a DM just thanking me for being so real and like unfiltered, which I appreciate because it's like I'll hop on my stories with no makeup. Like I've been on there like bawling before yeah. crying. Like I keep it real. Like, yes, I love a good thirst trap. I love hair and makeup. I yeah. love to post my catfish pictures all for all of it. But I also really try to be authentic and you portray are. myself as real as I am so that the fact that someone kind of like recognized that and was like I appreciate that you just don't hold back and you keep it real that meant a lot to me I love that sassiness of you it's so (laughs) much fun okay what is something you can't do speak another language girl and I wish I could we both my dad failed me he's fluent in Spanish like Mm -hmm. bilingual I'm like I know I live in Southern California why would you not I know rude yeah. um mine is a pull-up and I've always wanted I, I was so close I was doing it with the smallest band uh-huh. but this was pre right before I switched to powerlifting and then I've gained about 15 to 20 pounds of powerlifting muscle yeah, girl, you, we're gonna good. say it's muscle and now I'm like back to the like the biggest band ever I'm sorry my lower body is just massive compared to my upper body and so I just mm, want to do a pull-up gotta work but on that there's a lot to pull up. It's a lot of mass to get it's up. a whole lot so, of women. I don't know. All right. If you could raid one woman's closet, who would it be? 100% Kristen Cavallari. Oh, yeah. That girl style. I am here for that. I'm obsessed. You you do give off those vibes. I love her. Uh, everything about her style. I'm like, I want everything in her closet. How about you? Okay. Honestly, this like is a little painful to admit. I'm sorry, but like the fucking Kardashians. Oh, just, yeah. They do it right. Mm, that, you know what? I'm sorry. You're so right. I'm not sorry, but yeah. like the Kardashians. They're specifically yes. probably like Chloe. Yes. Um, Courtney's a little too mature for me. Kim tries to be too edgy, so she misses the mark a lot of time when it's like, what the fuck are you wearing? Um, Chloe or Kylie? Yeah, yeah. I'm like a little too old to say Kylie, so that's why I'm probably not going to say Kylie because it's like actor age, bitch, you're 35. So I'll Chloe. I love that. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm. All right. Name one thing you've learned the hard way. You can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. That's That's hard too. so true. Yeah. I've been the opposite end of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's tough for sure. I think mine is honestly the opposite of that is like a closed mouth doesn't get fed. 
Mm. Or if you don't ask for help, you're not going to get help. Yeah. And I've always been such a like, I'm a strong, independent woman. Honestly, I didn't even ask my parents for like help with homework when I was a little kid. Yeah. I was kind of the same. Like I just always did everything by myself, like stubborn to a fault of like, I don't need help. I can do this by myself. And it's like, why? Yeah. (laughs) It's okay to ask for help. And I feel like my life, I've made my life more difficult than it has to be. Right. By being so independent when it's like yeah use your resources use your people I surround myself with amazing people to not use them as stupid so I've learned that the hard way like I always make things more difficult when people I'm the classic definition of like well let them learn the hard way that's me I am the let them learn the hard way child I learned everything the hard way mine's more like trying it's not that I'm controlling but I feel like I for me like trying to help someone see something to help themselves it's like but if they don't want to help themselves then that's it's not gonna work it's not yeah. gonna play out so help me help, help you help, help, help. <laughs> what's something you wish you could be good at dancing mm. or singing you're a good dancer it's just like I like to dance so I think it's like the positive energy of like you're not gonna ever judge someone who's not the best at it if they're genuinely having a good time so I think that's what I've got going for me is I'm like genuinely have fun and I have the energy but I'm like if I just had a smidge more rhythm and be over for you hoes yeah like oh man I think mine so annoying (laughs) I love you mine is definitely slowing down yeah you are I just don't I don't have that like ability like it's so hard for me not to to slow down what's your guilty pleasure naps like I will sneak a nap in when I'm like no I will test the time limits of like all right I'm just gonna sneak a nap in like I love naps so much I love that for you yeah that and ice cream (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why but my head always goes to anything in bar food appetizers yeah you how many times did you talk about fried food on this podcast fried food appetizers extra ranch please yes Oh, and uh, fried pickles. Yes. What are you most enchanted by? Is enchanted like, like track? Like what does that even yeah, mean? Like what are you most like if you, if something or someone or something is enchanting you? Like, like what is like something that you're my just interest? Tr- yes. I think if someone is immediately like a shitty, awful person like me, <laughs> but like in the best way possible. Like I think it's the dark nurse humor. Sass. So if someone like says something where I'm like, that is wildly like inappropriate, dark humor. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. talk dirty to me, mm. but not like that kind of dirty, like yeah. talk like inappropriate, like that's going to get you fired to me. <laughs> it's going to land you in HR. Yeah. Mine for sure is wit and humor. That's what drew me to Jacob for sure. Like he's yeah. hysterical. I love so I'm like, he's, I he's just sad. totally drew me in. What is an important life lesson for someone to learn? Shut up and listen. Ooh. Because I don't do that. <laughs> but I, the more I'm doing it, the better I am becoming. And I've had some really like, I know this is rapid fire, but here I go. I'm like tangent queen. I will yeah. go on these long-winded Facts. tangents. But anyways... I've had some like really deep conversations this week and normally I think if it's something talking about my own personal life, I am quick to get defensive and I kind of just shut up and listen and like keep an open mind and actually hear what they're saying Mm. and it's really caused me to like look and one was like about relationships. I had this conversation with like this guy about me being a successful woman and the type of men I attract versus that I want and things like that. And the things he was saying, I could have easily been offended 
because I was like, just keep it real with me. Like you're a male. So just lay it on me. Don't hold back. And I could have easily gotten offended, but I kind of use that to actually let me digest this. Let me take in what you're saying. Some of it I think is bullshit. But the other parts I was like, hmm, that's actually good food for thought that I probably wouldn't have been open to even a year ago. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Turn the mic off. Turn the mic off <laughs> as I'm a podcaster. There we go. Uh, mine would definitely be just stop caring what people think. Uh, I just think that's something that I really tried to hone in on, especially this last year. I love a good block moment. I love a good restrict moment. I think I just I don't need negative energy in my space. And I just am learning to really put out the things that I want to do in the world and just not care what other people think. I'm just doing me. Yeah, I think that's a big one because you are way more in the um, spotlight than I am. And so it's like you're always getting feedback. A lot of it good, yes. but there are people that oh, are yeah. negative. And so 100%. that is you have to kind of just not care. Shut it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut out the bad. And Love not care that what... for you. Love mm. that for us. Mm. Okay, so we're going to dive in today, you guys. This is going to be really fun. Um, we obviously we've had a slew of questions from you guys, not only recently, but over the years. So Sam and I wanted to hit this head on. And this is honestly the reason why Sam and I started back in 2018 working together. Anyway, when we originally started creating our ebooks and you know, we came up with this concept of how to help people, specifically nurses. But today we're going to get really general. We're going to try and make this as applicable to pretty much anyone as you possibly can, because this the things that we're going to talk about today are really get, help, to help you in your professional life, to help you in your personal life. Um, so, you know, Sam and I obviously have a little bit of a backstory, but the whole reason that we started this was honestly this root like episode today like this is how we started yeah this is what we built nurses af on yeah um nurses aligning futures yeah, nursing nurses, aligning we thought we, were so we, we had to make it professional because yeah. we're like super classy even though we're super funny yeah. but it was with the goal of how do we help new nurses mm -hmm. but i think starting the selfie podcast we've definitely branched out beyond just nursing 100 percent and we've kind of tried to encompass and include and be very inclusive of the entire healthcare community. Mm -hmm. But I think this episode really is great advice, even if you're not in healthcare. Yeah, we're going to dive into a if lot of If you are just trying things. to get your first yeah. entry level job, if you're trying to get hired at in retail, like it doesn't matter. I think that these are all great advice for and advance anyone. your professional career. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things, you know, we're going to we're going to get into some really good things. The first point being, when you're thinking about jobs, when you're thinking about all these things, I think a really big thing to really sort of focus on is putting your blinders on. You know, this whole this whole idea of like Instagram versus reality, right? Like everyone's journey is so different. You can't compare yourself to someone else. That's sort of a baseline as like your journey is going to be very unique compared to someone else's. And I think, I mean, obviously, Instagram is a highlight reel. Um, it, everyone's only showing their best selves. They're all showing, you know, of course, we try and do the authentic moment in our posts. But the first thing being put your blinders on. Really yeah. get focused. Well, so it doesn't matter what so-and-so did. Right. Because it matters what you're doing yes. and how you're getting there and what steps you're taking. Right. So don't worry about right. keeping up with the 
Instagram world Joneses. or even your other classmates. Right. 100%. You know, and obviously, so today, as far as like, you know, when you're thinking about healthcare, right, you have med surge, you have ED, ICU, L&D, inpatient, outpatient, surgical, home health. Like there's so many things, so many areas of the healthcare world. And, you know, today, you know, we're going to talk to you a little bit, but I think it's actually really pertinent to talk about our stories as we applied. So, um, as far as applying for jobs, Sam, what was your experience like when you were applying for your first job and then also going in for your second? So I went to nursing school and worked as a CNA in adults, adult oncology telemetry. I was miserable. I hated it. Be intentional about why I wanted to work as a CNA, though, because I wanted my foot in the door at a hospital. And I was at a really good university teaching hospital, and they actually had a level one trauma um, ER because that was kind of what I went into nursing school thinking I wanted to do. So I was very strategic about positioning myself and working there. And I didn't need that job. I mean, yes, I needed like a job, yeah. <laughs> like need some right. money, right. but I did not need, I had a job. I had been working for my dad. Um, and then I also worked at a group home for teenagers. So, and I loved that job. So I didn't specifically need a CNA job, but it was strategic in the sense that I knew I needed my foot in the door because I was graduating at a time where it was harder and harder to get new grad jobs. I think when I went into nursing school, there was like a huge shortage. People were getting like sign-on bonuses for their first, for their new grad job. They were getting sign-on bonuses. And that was already starting to kind of shift. And so I did that, but that made me hate nursing, to be honest. And it made me not even sure if I wanted to work in the field. And I definitely didn't want to work with adults anymore. So I'm glad I did that experience. And at the end of the day, I was still going to be grateful if I got a job at that hospital because I wanted, it was a great hospital. So when I actually went for applying for jobs, though, the other thing I did was I volunteered at a local children's hospital. And through volunteering there, I was able to, one, like network, meet people, and build up hours. So they almost kind of guarantee that they interview their volunteers as just a courtesy. Um, so having that, I think, is even what gave me the shot and the foot in the door to like get an interview was by volunteering there. And I was really writing on that because I knew from being a CNA, I didn't want to work with adults anymore. Just did not. So I kind of put all my eggs in that one basket. I mean, I applied to other children's hospitals and residencies because at that point I kind of knew I really only wanted to do peds. But volunteering, I think, was the best thing. So I really think strategically looking at before you graduate, how have you positioned yourself? Because what makes your resume stand out versus 3,000 other people's? And it honestly, at Tori and I preach networking, but it really comes down to that. So volunteering got my foot in the door. And at the end of the day, if I didn't get that job based off of my interview, then I still had the networking from the hospital that I was working in. And that's why I was strategic about doing that. So I know that my manager had basically said, when you graduate nursing school, you have a job. I just didn't want that job. Right. <laughs> but I, I at least put those positions in place. So that is like kind of how I landed my new grad job. And then we'll get into interview and portfolio. But I came into that interview ready to crush it. I knew I was like, if you give me a shot at this interview, I will get this job. 
matter of fact, I was beyond confident. I mean, I was nervous. You never right. like leave an interview feeling like I know I got it because yeah. there's a lot of qualified people. But I knew if you give me a shot at this interview, I will not disappoint you. Um, to get my other job, I've spoken about it a little bit on here, but it was purely me taking the initiative. There wasn't a posting. There wasn't a job available to do flight nursing. That's a job that pretty much requires experience. But how do you get experience doing a job that you don't have experience in? Like if you can't get that job unless you have experience, how do you ever get the experience? You have to sell yourself and find someone that's willing to train you. And so I've mentioned before, I emailed my now manager directly with my resume and said, hey, I've heard really great things about the transport team. I am very interested in joining it. I would love to meet with you and talk about it. And she emailed me back and was like, oh, come into my office. Let's chat. Like not even an interview, but let's just see if you even let me tell you more about it. See if you're even interested. And we had a really good chat. She invited me back for an interview. That was a group panel interview with the team. And they didn't have a position and they were like, we don't even have a position. But if you want to start just training to help fill in shifts and be backup, And I was like, yeah, whatever I've got to do to get my foot in this door. Like, I understand you don't have an actual position for me right now, but if you're willing to train me, I'm willing to learn. And so I did the training on my own time. And then I was picking up shifts for when they were short staffed or helping cover vacations. But honestly, by the time I was off orientation from the training, I had done one shift as a backup for them. And they had already called to say, hey, we're just creating a position for you. It's amazing. So it's it's all about initiative. Taking the initiative, hundred percent. I think people ask a lot of time, like, how do I get into flight nursing? I'm like, it's not going to fall into your lap. It's never going to just fall into your lap. Any of your dream jobs, if you want to switch specialties, because that was a dramatic switch in specialties. And I'm in a very niche niche niche. How do you say that niche, word? Niche niche. I can never say that word. Niche, I have words I niche. cannot say. But I'm in a very small. Highly specialized specialty. I love you. I know I can't talk. Um, And I had to create that opportunity for myself. Yeah. And I think anytime you want to switch. Carve your way. You have to carve your way. Yeah. So um, my situations as far as applying for jobs were a little different. Um, When I graduated, maybe a little similar to Sam's, there were actually hiring freezes everywhere. There was almost no one was hiring new grads. Um, And that seems to be the case. That's the case. It happens in healthcare. It happens in almost every industry. You know, you go through situations where they're just not hiring. It took me eight months to land my job. And I want to repeat that. Eight months. And I think, you know, the reality is, is that it's not always perfect. It's not all easy. I had to interview, I want to say seven different hospitals prior to landing my job. Um, and also just as a backstory, so I landed my first job at a children's hospital. Um, and that particular interview, I've had different forms of interviews. So I've had one-on-one interviews, panel interviews, where you're sitting in the interview with several uh, competitors, essentially, like you're sitting in with five other people. I've had interviews via Zoom. I've had interviews via phone. You know, so there's a lot of different ways to kind of go about interviewing as a process. But it took me eight months. And I think that's a big thing to talk about as far as, you know, and I had several rejections. I mean, the reality is, is you're not always going to land that job, no mm-hmm. matter what situation you're in. Um, I had certain interviews where I knew I bombed it. 
And I was like, wow, I was not prepared for that interview. I had one interview at a children's hospital, you guys, where the manager was sitting in front of me. She was so cold, so icy. And I just remember this. It was one question where she had these like cards and you had to rank um, how you would react to the patient situation. And this was when I was a fresh, I wasn't, I wasn't even new grad yet. I was right out of nursing school. And I just remember like freezing up. I was just like so nervous, so shaky. I had no idea how to tackle that. And I just remember leaving that interview being like, I knew I didn't know, I didn't get it. And I just wasn't prepared. And, you know, that was, I've had several of somewhat of those interviews. And the one that I landed, I was so much more prepared. I felt so much more confident. And we're going to tap into kind of how to, how to maneuver that today. But, you know, as far as interviewing and landing the job and applying for jobs, the main thing I want to say here is it's not always perfect. It's not always straightforward. Um, as Sam said, it takes a lot of grit. It takes a lot of gumption. You have to really go for it. And you do need to be prepared pr- prior to going in. And that's a big aspect of it. And let me just say this right off the bat. Rejection is going to happen. And it's okay. Yes. It doesn't mean you're not good enough. It doesn't mean you weren't qualified. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're not going to be amazing. It just maybe means that that wasn't the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm actually a really big believer in um, things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I actually think rejection is probably one of the best things that can happen to you. Because when you do land the job or where you when you do end up in something that's right, you appreciate it so much more. Everyone knows here, I failed NCLEX. I, you know, had to applied to so many different jobs. I didn't land my job right out of nursing school. It took me eight months, you know, and so my whole journey made me so appreciative of when I did land that job. It felt so good. And I, to this day, I'm so thankful for that opportunity. Rejection is real and it's likely. And also you may not land your dream job. And that's okay too, because any experience is helping shape and build you. And it's going to bring you that much closer to your dream job too. So everyone's path isn't the same and it's not always a straight shot to get to where you want to be. And so I have friends that started out in like adult telemetry and then ended up working in the NICU mm-hmm. in their dream job with me yep. too. Yeah. So And that happens a lot with so many different nurses. Get discouraged yes. too. Like Yes. You may not land that dream job, but you just have to find stepping stones to get to the place mm-hmm. where you want to go. So let's talk about some things that you can do early, right? So prepping for the interview process and, you know, just sort of how to at least get yourself set up the right way. So first thing I would say is number one, spruce up that resume. That's like key. Like first thing you got to do is get that resume dialed in. And Um, honestly, I don't recommend doing it on your own. So I got a per diem job while I was a NICU nurse before I did flight nursing. I was like working per diem somewhere else. And when I was redoing that resume and then I had to do my resume to get my teaching job too. So I've had like a bajillion jobs. I actually, um, Tori was like my editor for my resume. I remember Ah. sitting working night shift, working on our resumes together. And she was like giving me all this feedback that at first I was kind of like, what is this little, little hottie patati? No, like get out of here, ho. Um, But then it was like, oh, it's definitely good to have a second set of eyes look over it. Yeah. So have someone review your resume. I'm also big on resume services. Well, I'm like the friend that helps everyone with their resume because I can shine up 
a turd to look like just a Christmas morning. Tori, before I became co-host, had on Amanda as the episode. So check that one out. Yeah. So Amanda from the Resume Rx. So she is a nurse practitioner and now resume expert. And she actually came on. We did a whole episode with her. And something, her resumes, first of all, are immaculate. I know we talked about this on Natalie's episode Mm -hmm. a few episodes back. Natalie used her. Natalie used her as well. You guys, these are the most amazing. I highly, we both highly recommend her as a resource. We actually do. We are now an affiliate with her. We've been working with her and we're, we're really thrilled to be using this as a resource to you guys. If you want to head over to the resumerx.com, if you guys want to check them out, we do have a discount code for you. Discount code SELFIE, C-E-L-L-F-I-E for 20% off of your templates and courses. So she has everything from resume templates. She has a weekend resume makeover course. She also has a dream job roadmap for NPs. So if that's a route you want to go, that's definitely awesome. But She is a wonderful resource and we're really thrilled to be teamed up with her because we so strongly believe in having a a resume that will stand out. Yeah, because that's the first impression right off the bat. So that's linked in our show notes, but make sure your resume is on point. And there's so many things that are so outdated in the resume world. I hate an objective. Yeah. I seek to gain employment in the field of nursing. Well, no shit. (laughs) Or you wouldn't have this fucking resume. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've always hated those. Is that what they're called? Objective statements? Objective or, yeah, statement. Like, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, duh. I'm seeking a job. Well, obviously. I've never understood that. It's like, no, get to the point. Yeah. Um, And then, honestly, the verbiage that you use makes or breaks a resume. And a lot of people just don't know some of the right word choices Keywords. to use. And keywords and how it's how changing one word changes the whole tone of your resume. Yes. And then just the look. Maybe style isn't a thing you have a flair for, but having a clean, aesthetically, visually pleasing resume makes yes. a huge difference and people remember it. Yes, they do. So that was get, the number get your one, resume in check. Yeah, that was the number one compliment that Natalie got when she went in for her NP um, interview. The next thing that I would, we, sorry. The next thing that we really want to talk about is the making a list of possible references of people who you would want to write a letter for. So I remember when I went through this process and I was applying for jobs and I was like, oh, crap, I need to get a letter of rec, you know, getting those ahead of time. Get them early. Get them early. Don't wait until you're already applying and now you're like rushing because people are busy. I can tell you as a college nursing professor, I get 50 requests a semester sure. for letter of recs and it's overwhelming and I get backlogged and I have to remind my students like if I forget to reply to you just keep bugging me it's not yeah. gonna bug me to keep reaching out because I honestly I just forget I have so much going on with how often I have to actually meet with my students every week do the actual classes teaching every week enter grades do all this stuff that my little dory brain has I always joke that I have early onset dementia, but I seriously am so forgetful. So I I think they feel bad, like, continue to bug me. I'm like, no, please bug me until I do it. I right. will do it, but I need to be reminded because I have such 
short-term memory loss. We both have Dory brain. I have Dory brain. I'm the same way too. Get on people early because they're busy. They're forgetful. It's not that they don't want to do it for you. It's just it probably slips their mind because they've got a million other things going on. If it's the type of person you actually want a letter of recommendation from, they've probably got a lot of shit going on. Yes. So just hound them and stay on top of it. But start early because it might take them a month or longer to even get it back to you. Well, and typically you need about two to three to, to yeah. apply. So make sure you get ahead of that. The other thing I would say when you're approaching someone is to make sure that you have all your contact information, that you send them everything that you, everything from your email, your address, a little bio about yourself, you know, what, what you would want them to highlight about it. It's so helpful when someone comes in prepared and has the full, like I get really annoyed when I get an email from someone or reaches out and there's no information in there. It's like, hey, can you do this for me? And then I'm like, there's no information here. Make sure you come in prepared and send almost more information that they would need in that whatever it is, an email. Actually, you know what? I'm going to interrupt. But you know what I actually ask my students to do? I'm like, can you please write your own yeah and send it to me and I will fix it because honestly I usually correct their grammar I'm not gonna lie or they have a spelling error in there or the way they word things I'm like all right like you gave me a good base and I'm gonna spruce it up and make it way better for you and I'll add in my own touches and stuff but I have so many people like I don't know remember everything yeah like we don't remember what you did or how long you did something or when you worked here or what your strength was in it like just Write it your helps. own or at least give a little mini bio or yes. highlights of what about you is notable to include in a letter. Because one, it's going to be a better letter for you. And it's going to, the person writing it is going to be way more likely to get it done because it's, you're making it that much easier yes. on them. Fashioning something from like nothing. It's so, it's hard. so hard. If you have a backbone to work with, it's so much easier. The next thing you need to do early, and this is like way prior to even applying to your job, no matter what it is, is make sure that you're getting involved as Sam said, volunteering, leadership activities. Do not take those for granted. You need to take the time to do that. I mean, let's be honest, you guys, everyone nowadays is, it's a competitive field. And it sucks because you're busy and school is stressful enough as it is. But when I was in school, I was on CNSA or NSA, but for California it was CNSA. I was like, I don't even know what I was secretary, vice president, some shit. I think I was vice president. I started a tutoring at my school. So not only did I do the tutoring, but I started the actual program that still exists 10 years later now. I did volunteer medical trip to Costa Rica. I volunteered at the children's hospital and then I worked as a CNA. Yeah. My resume was stacked because I was like, I'll be damned if I go to nursing school and can't get a good job after. Yeah. Yeah. And things that you guys can do. We've talked about this prior. CNA. You can work as a secretary. You can work as a tech. You can work as Let a volunteer. Let me just say, unit secretary is That's the clutch. winner. If you listen yeah. to our ne- episode with Natalie, I think I <laughs> chimed in on that. But yeah. that is a way to be... Um, involved that's a way to meet everyone on the floor be familiar with the managers they depend on you the nurses depend on you you meet all the doctors you know the dynamics you are the one who knows how to work the fax machine you know all the codes to everything you know all the (laughs) rules you are the backbone you are the backbone of that damn unit (laughs) if you are a unit secretary i rely on them for everything i literally am incompetent when it comes to once i leave the patient's room i'm like hey unit secretary fix Fix everything in my life for me so yeah. you are a valuable person and when it's slow and you have downtime you get to study 
It, you know, and, and even and I will you don't say have to this. Do poop. Okay, secretary aside, even if you're working, you're work, like for me, I worked during nursing school as well. I was a server because I needed money, money, um, and there were no secretary jobs. The other things, um, so what I did was I was a part of is called the Workforce Diversity Volunteer Program at U of A, where we went out into the community and um, educated. I think it was middle school and high school children on what nurses do and some resources. Um, I was also a part of our nurse or whatever that is, the nursing council at our student, our nursing council. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, so, you know, taking, oh, and I did um, volunteering for, it was an equine therapy program for disabled children. You know, there's a lot of different things. You get mm-hmm. creative with it. That was just... Get creative too. Yes. It doesn't have to be necessarily a hospital job. Actually, servers are a really great background going into the yes. healthcare profession yes. because you have to work with a lot of a lot different of personalities, people. time management, um, showing up for a job. Yeah. You know, there's just like so many things, managing a, a schedule, you know, mm-hmm. what it's just there's so many different aspects to it. Um, so yeah, definitely prior to even applying to your job, you guys make sure you're you're doing some extra things to really stand out from the competition. Um, next thing would be to, and I think this is really important. Start researching and looking around at the jobs. Yes, because you need to be up. Okay, one, you need to figure out which hospitals have new grad programs. Not everyone does. Some have specific ones, like our hospital has one, and it starts every February and August. And other hospitals, sometimes it's like March and September or whatever, but they have it where it has specific application period and start dates. Other ones hire new grads on like a rolling basis. They don't necessarily have a set program, so they do, but it's kind of like whenever they feel like they have a need, they'll do a program and it kind of just pops up out of nowhere. And you kind of need to get all your ducks in a row, figure out which hospitals have them, when their application periods are, when their start dates are. And then you need to also kind of have a list of what other hospitals even entertain new grads and maybe set reminders for yourself weekly to go check their HR website and see, are there any, and usually they're called Clin 1. Clin 1, residency, or Versant yeah. programs usually. Uh-huh. New grad. Um, yeah, I, I would recommend either. You can make an Excel spreadsheet of the places you want to go or even a running notes on your phone if, if you have a notes. Tori and I are big on running I notes. I love running we, notes. That's like how we communicate. Yes, 100%. For the whole podcast. Yeah, because that's like, it's like basically texting, but it's, it's so, it's fabulous. But anyway, make a separate notes page just with all of the jobs, where you're thinking about considering. The other thing I would say, not every hospital is like, this but you can call HR and you can say you know what are the job postings what's the number going to be when are you going to post it what's you know what's the name or the title of the job post you know you can get you know creative with that make the profile on the hospital page prior as well as an applicant and fill it out as much as possible so you can pre have your profile made with your name your address your email your contact information list all your references list your previous job experience you have your resume already attached your cover letter your personal statement whatever they require some require personal statements and some don't so even if making that profile and already getting to pre-read and think about like okay this one wants a personal statement or this one's asking a question of like how would you achieve this hospital's mission do you even know what that hospital's mission is? Mm-hmm. You should for each hospital. Yes. Like, yes. especially to include in your cover letter or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And Key your words. cover letter should be, I know I'm kind of hopping around, but since I'm on it, your cover letter should be specific to that 
actual job. You should not be using the same cover letter for every job that you apply to. It needs to be changed and specific to each facility or organization that you're applying to. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and also picking keywords that you know that whether it's from their mission statement, whether it's from the job application, having those keywords in there is really important. The next thing I would say is to really beef up those resume boosters. What do I mean? BLS, PALS, NRP, whatever you can. I get this question a lot. Okay. And there's going to be mixed reviews. I think a lot of nurses in the world are going to be like, what the hell, Tori? I get the question a lot of, should I get X, Y, or Z? And here's how I think of it now. Why not? Why the fuck Let's assume that, just assume that your competitor already did it. Yeah. So let's say Tori and I applied for the same job. So we, right now, both wanted to apply for a NICU job at this amazing hospital in L.A. or something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make myself sound better than Tori right now just because (laughs) why not? Because I'm going to The salty is coming out. (laughs) The petty Sam. Okay, so let's say that Tori does have her RNC and so do I. We both have our NICU certification. But let's say she didn't. Maybe I shouldn't use Tori's example. No, no, no. Use it. Let's say Pam. Nurse Pam. (laughs) Nurse Karen, nurse Pam. Okay. Nurse but, okay. Karen. Let's say Tori or someone. So I am applying for this job. So I have all the certifications. I have the degree. I have all that. Tori applies and she's like, I have worked here for four years. Yeah. There okay. What else? Yeah. Well, no, I'm just a really good nurse. Yeah. I'm sure you are a really good nurse, mm-hmm. but we have one spot available and she has all this alphabet soup behind her name, and she doesn't. <laughs> That's the thing. Okay, I also want to talk about this because it's a huge dynamic. You guys, the healthcare field in general has changed immensely over the past, let's say, 100 years, but more specifically, 20 10. or 30 years. <laughs> yeah. It has changed a lot. What I think what, the, what used to happen, and I would say this is a general statement, but what really used to happen was nurses would apply to a job, and they would stay there at that hospital for. 30 years. That's just mm-hmm. how it, sort of the model of how it was. People would stay at their job. That's what it was. Nowadays, things have gotten, you know, the progression in the nurse world has really moved forward. The emphasis on education, the emphasis on continuing certifications, the emphasis on pushing our profession forward. So when people ask me, should I do X, Y, or Z? My answer is always assume someone else already did it. Because that's the push of what's going on in healthcare. Because and someone in probably has. Yes. It's not even much of an assumption. No. Someone wants it that bad that they have done those things. Yes. We get a lot of people, I think, because of our NICU background that come to us with NICU specific questions. But my sister went into nursing school saying, I only want to be a peds oncology nurse. And I was like, that is very specific. <laughs> and you're going to be very disappointed if you don't land that very specific hard, job. specific job to find. There's not even a lot of hospitals that have those units those are very hard to find jobs and so trying to work with her one I made her follow the same advice volunteer at the children's hospital get to know the manager like get your foot in that door but how else can I spruce up your specific resume because for NICU you can take NRP you can take stable you can do things that are more NICU specific to give you that edge there's not really any of that for Mm -hmm. oncology because you can't get your chemo certification unless you actually have your RN license and you're working in the unit and administering chemo. So I'm like, what could I actually like have you put on your resume that would show that, hey, I'm passionate about this population. So she did volunteer one also for Make-A-Wish Foundation. 
because that's, that's kind of one. directly correlated to her patient population. And honestly, that wasn't done with intention of just getting a job. We both grew up with my mom working as a Make-A-Wish coordinator mm-hmm. our whole lives. So we were always around Make-A-Wish Foundation. That's actually how she met my stepdad was they both worked for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Mm-hmm. So that was actually like a very personal thing for her. But I was like, that's getting you around the population that you want to be on. And then I was like, all right, what else can we do to spruce up your resume for pediatric oncology? And I made her join the like oncology, pediatric oncology nurses association. And I don't know what it's called. Um, so yeah. F- like if I'm wrong, I apologize. I don't know the specific name because I'm not part of that association. But I'm like, you need to show the hiring manager that you're very invested in this world and that you want more knowledge and information. So even just by anytime you join a nursing association, like if you join, um, there's there's so many the yeah, American the, Nurses Association. There's you well, know, there's for, critical care. There's yeah. neonatal nurses association. There's, there's a lot of different. Pe- yeah, yeah, emergency. There's so many different. Every there's a flight one. There's mm-hmm. an like transport. Every specialty, specialty has their own nurses association, pretty much. And by joining those organizations, you have access to journal clubs and conferences and research and And who knows you may find some tips in there on how to learn a job in that area and networking and And knowing different hospitals they do post like hiring information so I'm like that shows that you're interested in that specialty and that was something that I think really set her apart too yeah was they were like oh she's very dedicated to the world of oncology pediatric oncology she's already joined part of this nursing association so I think that was huge on her resume another thing I want to say and sort of along these lines is I really want you to think strategy and I want you to think like an athlete personally Mm. I feel like when someone comes in confident but humble Mm-hmm. and has done a lot of research, a lot of understanding, has taken the time to really like craft becoming the best nurse, healthcare provider, whatever it may be, that really shows. And I think thinking like an athlete, getting really into that mindset of like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to help you and your unit, your setting. This is what I can bring. I'm bringing my best self. It's a lot of mentality. And I think that's something that we don't talk enough about. Interviewing and job applications, I really feel like is a true skill. Interviewing is a skill. And I think you really need to learn how to really hone in on what your strengths are. And you need to think like an athlete to do that. And not only that strategy. So for example, with me, when I was becoming a nurse, I truly thought I wanted to go into pediatric CVICU. I wanted to go into hearts. That's what I wanted. I just, that was my, my heart was set on it. So when I was applying, first of all, there's far less CVICUs, period. Sam kind of touched on this. Um, You know, when you're thinking about your specialty, you really need to be strategic about where you're applying, where do you live, are there even those units available, Um, are you willing to move for your job, get strategic with this, look around, see what's available, and then, so for me, for example, in our area, there's actually quite a few CVICUs, but the places that I was applying to were hiring far less applicants to those units. They're smaller units. Much smaller units. So they have less staff. Mm -hmm. So I strategically actually applied to NICU because of that. And I said, you know what? If I want to go into CVICU, let me just start in NICU and get my foot in the door. Which is a great stepping stone into CVICU yes. because we do congenital heart defects yes. 
all the time. And that could apply to it's anybody. A great backbone. That could apply to you. you. If you want to go to an adult ICU, but you need to start somewhere else, you want to go into L&D, but you need to start in postpartum, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So be very strategic about where you're applying, how you're applying. So I ended up, of course, applying to NICU and look at me now. I had no idea, fast forward to all these years, that NICU was truly where it was meant to be. And I have tried other units since then. I have tried other routes. I've tried, I went down the nurse practitioner route for school and I quickly decided after a year, <laughs> after a year, not quickly, but that wasn't for me. So, I, but I took strategy, right? I took time to really think about what I wanted. I tried it. I really tried to up my game as far as how to interview. Um, and as far as some actual... Yeah, I want to go into that. Because yeah. I love that you said, like an athlete, like confident, but yes. humble. Yes. Okay, one, if you're nervous, shake that shit off. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you got to do to calm your nerves before going in there. Work out that morning yeah. if you got to. Take a long walk or go on a hike or do something. Mm-hmm. Get out the physical energy so that you don't feel like so jittery. Don't drink a shit ton of caffeine. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't do what drink, Sam does. <laughs> don't drink a ton of caffeine and yeah. go in there and feel like all antsy, jittery, nervous. Like figure out what you got to do to get yourself in like a zen, like, game it's a mindset you're going into game time yes so I love that like athlete analogy because you really are so that's like first and foremost and then I think you've touched on it so much about being prepared you need to know the facility that you are interviewing at nothing impresses them more when you already go in talking confidently about their organization like you've studied it you want to be part of it to say well I know that you're a magnet facility and I I'm really interested in furthering my education and I know Magnet pushes that. So what kind of, and we'll get into questions to ask at the end, but just knowing the facility that you're part of goes a long way or to sit there and say, oh, I know that you're a 64 bed NICU. What type of patients do you usually see here? Knowing your organization and more even specifically the unit you're applying to shows that you're prepared and that stands out. Yeah. And I would say so do interviewing. Your yeah. Do your research. And along those lines of like thinking like an athlete, I, as I said, interviewing is a skill. And what I want you to do is I want you to think of this as this is like your next Olympics. And I want you to practice over and over and over. I want you to sit in the car and I want you to think about questions that I want you to practice answering. Then out I want loud. you out loud. Then I want you to be I want you to be in the shower and I want you to be talking out loud and thinking about the questions. Then I want you to sit in front of someone mm-hmm. who you're uncomfortable with and I want you to have them grill you as you're sitting in front of them and mm-hmm. you're uncomfortable with it. And then I want you to say all the things over and over and over. I want you to practice Pick your stories that you're going to refer to. Practice those answers. I want you to go through the hardest questions that you think that they could answer and then do that. I want you to practice, 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 practice. Talk, talk, talk. Think it out. I want you to think like an athlete with this because that is how you will come in confidently but humbly to land your job. Yeah. You don't go to the Olympics by just, Mm -mm. oh, going out there and winging it. No, they train for this. Mm-hmm. You need to train yourself like an athlete. 100%. And especially if you're not comfortable with public speaking or you feel like you sometimes trip over your words or stumble, that's why the more that you say these statements, like you should be able to tell someone about yourself just flawlessly. Yes. And fluidly. You fluidly. get that two minute pitch. <laughs> yeah. I can't talk. Get but the pitch. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're pitching yourself to them and you got to really, you have to be and you so confident be in yourself. stumbling over your words because it should be so natural because you've said it out loud so many times. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time that those words are coming out of your mouth. Yes. It's and, second nature. And to point. be honest, it takes time. It mm-hmm. takes time to master. Um, the other thing I want to say as, as, as a very strong interview tip is please be mindful of professionalism. Mm-hmm. I, it drives me nuts. I remember sitting in on interviews because Sam and I have both sat in as interview panels as interview panels and it drives me nuts when someone comes in looking unprofessional and that includes zoom in- interviews by the way as mm-hmm. well if you are not on time if you are do not dress the part do not wear scrubs to an interview do not wear don't wear scrubs to an interview um if you are not you're re- never going to be overdressed correct so don't ever worry about am i do i look too professional because there's no such thing nope so nope, I'll I, just leave it at that. I'm not going to tell you what to wear, well, but you're never going to be overdressed. Girl, Tori I have my power suit, my blue power yes. suit, you guys. It's my only suit that I ever interview in. I bought it. I think it's a, I don't remember what kind of My it suit is. doesn't fit me anymore because I was a lot heavier when I started my nursing career, but I did get a whole brand new suit for my job interview like as a graduation gift. I forget the name of it. It's such a good designer. But I got a very tailored look. Yeah, and I got it suit. tailored. I felt good. Girl. Look good, feel good. Yes. And I think it's so important to go in. And you can do it like on a budget. That. Yeah. So it wasn't I, that expensive. I think I got Nordstrack. Yeah. Yeah. Like go, you can find those deals. 100%. So don't act like, oh, it is. Yes, it sucks to have to spend the money, but it, it's an investment, mm-hmm. but you can do it on a budget. Mm-hmm. So find those deals. And that's why, you know, it's something good to think about. If you know you're not graduating for six months, mm-hmm. start now. Yeah. And I gathering have those this, little things together. I will say this too. There was, a, I have heard this from other nurses. Like, let's say you're applying to um, a job in like the mountains where, you know, you're at a small community hospital. Obviously it does tailor to certain settings. Absolutely. Like, it's a little different and not every setting is going to be like that, but just be very mindful of your professionalism of how you're showing up and you can tailor it to wherever you're applying to, right? But I do think it's really important to talk about this. Um, be on time. Turn your phone be off. on time does not mean on time. Yeah, Again, good point. like an athlete. Be early. I was a coach. Mm-hmm. If you're on time, you're late. If you're early, you're on time. Mm-hmm. So you need to be there early. Mm-hmm. Don't show up right on the dot. Mm -hmm. That's, you're late. I want you, oh, the other thing too is eye contact. And that does include Zoom interviews if you're doing them. Make sure you're holding really nice eye contact. That is very important. I can't stand it when someone come in and can't and cannot hold eye contact with me. That just drives me absolutely Eye contact, smile. Smile. Um, Phone off. Yes. Please. Um, And then as if you're doing in-person interviews, make sure you're coming in. We're going to talk about this a little bit, your portfolio and resume. Portfolios, uh, we'll kind of dive into that a little bit, but I want you to have your portfolio. I want you to have extra copies of every single thing. So if you can ask right off the bat, like, will this be a panel interview? How many people can I expect? Otherwise, just bring more it's always better to have more. Yeah, I think the way I think of it is just assume that the manager forgot everything. Yeah. And just be prepared. You never know. They may not even look at your portfolio. They may not even need that resume. But if you come in and you don't have it and you don't have a copy for them. Or and they just got prepared, through five interviews or everyone had one and then mm-hmm. you're the one that didn't. Mm-hmm. 
just come in prepared. Over-prepare is the way to prepare. Um, portfolio. Let's talk about that really quick. Really, the purpose of a portfolio is it's an extended highlight of your resume. So the way I like to think of it and why I, when I was making and putting everything together, I would put, put together the portfolio. And typically that includes your resume, your professional development, your activities, your references, um, your recommendations, you know, you put all of these things together. And the purpose of this and what I think is honestly the most important aspect of it is that is a tool for you to practice your interviews with. So what do I mean by that? They ask you something such as, tell us about a time when you did X, Y, or Z, or tell us about a time when you succeeded and how did you do that? That's a moment for you to think through what's in your portfolio or a way to kind of for you to hone in on things, strengths, skills, circumstances of when you in your journey have done something X, Y, or Z, or a time when you learned from something. So you really use that as your guiding tool to improve on your interviewing and to think back on. Let me tell you as someone who sat on multiple panel interviews as the interviewer, they want specific examples when they ask those types of questions. And I think that's the number one area where people fumble and they don't give concrete examples. So it'll be, tell me about a time when you made a mistake and what you did about it. And they'll be like, well, hmm. And hem and Hanover will be like, I haven't really ever like made a real mistake. Yeah, bullshit. You know, usually I'll just make sure that I remember and ask questions and like learn from it so that it doesn't happen again. There was zero example there. Yeah, 100%. That's such a like BS answer. Yeah. And we see that all the time. I love a great creative answer. There have been times where I'm listening to someone and I'm like, whoa, that was a good, good example. And a concrete example to say specifically, one time I was doing this procedure and this happened and this went wrong. Or I had an experience with someone that went wrong or, Mm -hmm. you know, because things happen. And so I think it's, yeah, authentic answers are truly the best. Or, you know, there's definitely ways you can answer things well, but having a concrete example is honestly it's and that's why it's so, so important to practice them through with people because you don't want to be stuck there being like I can't actually think of a time you need to be ready mm-hmm. with examples yeah of good situations that have happened to you times there you were a team member times where you were a leader times that you showed initiative mm-hmm. and kind of were like a trailblazer an inventor those sort of things and then times where maybe you had a dispute with management. Maybe you had a dispute with a coworker. Maybe you had a difficult situation with a family member or patient. Mm-hmm. Anything like that. They want the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you need specific examples. Not, mm-hmm. well, no, I've never really had a problem with anyone in leadership. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Bullshit. So you're not human if you have not, or yeah. you haven't been a nurse or a healthcare provider. At you know, like, and it doesn't matter if human. you don't work in a hospital. That's a perfect time to be like. One time as a server, we had a customer who was very upset about this and they were blaming us for messing up their order and they were demanding Mm -hmm. such and such thing. So I took it upon myself to ask my manager, hey, they're really upset about this. Can I go ahead and make this accommodation for them? Mm -hmm. And I talked with them and just let them know due to whatever circumstances and give a concrete example. So it doesn't necessarily mean that your other experiences outside of healthcare aren't translatable. So don't be afraid to use 
your your experiences in other areas to yeah. show how you handle situations and yeah. how you handle conflicts, how you deal with your interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I, I Again, so, you know, with, with the resume and the portfolio, definitely hone in on those and use those as tools when you are practicing and, and gearing up. Then let's get into it. Like what goes into a portfolio? Yeah, so there are, it's very, honestly, it's pretty straightforward, but we have a lot of tips for you guys. So... Sam and I, obviously, you know this, we created um, an ebook about two years ago, and we actually just finished redoing them. We have revamped them, and now we have a three ebook series just for you guys. So it's going to go to all things portfolio. It's going to go more in depth into how to interview, what should be on your resume. We also have a full list of questions, of interview questions, and also questions to ask your interviewers because we all know they're going to ask you at the end of the interview, do you have any questions for us? And the answer is yes, and you better be prepared. 100%. You always have questions for them. And we have a full list of questions to ask. So we are really excited about this. We're actually just launching them. It's really cool because we worked really hard on them a few years ago but we can always do better. So going back through them, we're like, how can we take this and improve upon it? And we've done that. It's not only more aesthetically pleasing and prettier, but we've kind of updated the content in there Mm -hmm. and added to it to make it valuable. So it's honestly like a get that job boot camp. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It's great. Especially the questions are fire. They are. And you can conduct like mock interviews with you and your friends mm-hmm. inter- interview each other based off of those. So we have three different ebooks and they're all going to be linked in our bio over on the selfie podcast. So the first one that we did was all things new nurse 101 where we talk about preparing for nursing school, ADN versus BSN, nursing school life, managing nursing school. Um, we have tips and tricks, resources, preventing burnout and all those things. Then we have two other books we have a, that are going to include interview tips and tricks, questions, portfolio information. So we're going to have all of those linked for you guys in the bio. Um, and because otherwise, this podcast would literally be like three hours long. We yeah. have so much information in there for you guys. We're it's really excited like about it. the written version of this podcast that you can actually you know, tangibly have and refer back to. 100%. And you can print it out. And also it goes even more in depth into all the things here that we're talking about. It takes it even a step further. So we're really excited about that. Let's talk social media. Get your shit together before you start applying for jobs. Yes. Clean it up. Clean it up. Okay, so I'm going to tell you guys a story. Sam and I just had this happen. So there was a girl who DM'd me uh, a few weeks ago, and she was asking some tips and tricks for interviewing and about the NICU process. So of course, I click over to her account, and the second picture of her is her standing taking a selfie with the middle finger up. Mm-hmm. I got the same DM like and two days ago. I just wanted to like come across at her and be like, are you serious right now? It's one thing if you have it in your pages pro private Private. i don't even think you should have that up if if you're private like no i mean okay to each their own you want to put it out there like that then that's fine but i don't i don't think that's appropriate but you probably while you're interviewing for jobs if you do have social media one tighten up your privacy i mean okay make them private let me me just put it this way you guys if i um i'm not even technically a hiring manager right but she's asking me this question if she applied at a hospital that i was in 
and I saw her and I sat in on her interview and I had seen that picture, I probably would be like, don't, I would not recommend her. Mm-hmm. So just clean up your, clean up the social media. I think most people here, you guys, y'all have, you're all fine. Yeah. But just make sure that it's clean and approachable. I don't even think it's necessary to necessarily go private unless that's, that's your decision. Um, it is if you're absolutely not willing to clean it up. Right. But honestly, I think it's actually a good tool to make yourself look, look good. good. 100%. If you have a public page, yeah. you have the ability to portray the image that you want to portray to an employer. Yeah. And you can use that to your advantage. 100%. And as an extension of that, um, a LinkedIn. So a lot of people have asked me about that prior. And my opinion on that is make it. Why not? Yeah. I actually think it's interesting because um, one of the new pushes for resumes is to actually have your picture on the resume so mm-hmm. people have a face to a name. Which actually is very helpful. Yes. Because a lot of people, when they're going back through the candidates and you just interviewed 10 of them, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't remember which remember. one was it. But you remember their face. So you mm-hmm. go back through their interview and you're like, oh, this girl yes. with this hair color or whatever or Oh, I remember her. She yeah. had a really good answer to this. She she gave me good vibes. Yes. Yeah. And I think actually, the you know, if you go through the LinkedIn process, I mean, essentially LinkedIn is a professional social media platform or not yeah. social media, but it's a professional platform. Networking. Yeah. Platform. And so I think, yeah, put your school on there, get your picture up there, a professional looking one. Yes. Um, so if you don't have actual professional shots, get a friend yeah. with a camera, go in a nice background, <laughs> yeah. wear a nice shirt mm-hmm. and take a nice professional looking picture solo picture yeah I think you could actually use that to your advantage um you know I don't know as of right now how much HR and managers actually go through them I feel like but it's not gonna hurt it's not gonna hurt to have it 100% especially if you're an experienced healthcare provider or just anyone in any industry doesn't even have to be healthcare but you're looking to cross into something new and change jobs, having a solid LinkedIn is a great idea. Yeah. Because that's what's going to come up too when they Google your name. Yeah. And then um, the last thing I really want to touch on is what to do if you don't land your job. So a big part of this is, first of all, <laughs> you guys, coming from the person who like failed at everything. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Um, you just got to honestly pick yourself up and keep going. You know, as far as landing the job, I highly recommend getting our ebook and using that as a tool to help you really spruce up your interview. Because here's the thing, the hardest part, in my humble opinion, just because of how I am as a person, is actually getting to the interview. Mm-hmm. Once you're in the interview, you're selling yourself, essentially. So that should become something that you are so good at. You know, it's harder to get yourself in the door versus plowing through it in my humble opinion Mm -hmm. I love interviews personally I think they're great I mean I'm a tad overconfident (laughs) so I'm a great interviewer just use our vibes you guys use our vibes and just go in just fierce just walk in and be like I'm a bad bitch and I'm about to tell the whole world yeah and here's the thing if you don't get it it's not the end of the world as Sam mentioned earlier there's more than one way to skin a cat. You can mm-hmm. still get a job somewhere and use it as a stepping stool to your next journey. I also want to emphasize this. Just because you didn't land your dream job doesn't mean that wasn't the journey meant for you. You never know where something's going to lead, who you're going to meet, who you're going to network with, what you you just never know. And I want to emphasize that a lot because I think people get really stuck on, I just want to do this and that's it. And, you know, 
just coming from someone who's had so many experiences, Sam and I both, I just want to tell you, trust me, if you want it that bad, you will get there. But sometimes your journey is meant to be. I also, I never even knew flight nursing existed when mm. I was even in nursing school, yeah. even when I graduated. And like, I didn't really know. Yeah. And I would have never pictured that path for myself. Yeah. So doing NICU was definitely the stepping stone into that for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, and certain things you might not necessarily always get to even start into as a new grad, like yeah. OR jobs. Yeah, that's true. Are really too. hard to come by. You can't start as a new grad in a flight nursing mm-hmm. trauma. Probably you're probably gonna have to work in ER first before you can specifically go into certain go trauma into units. trauma, yeah, and stuff like that. So certain things that might also be your end all specialty, you might require taking stepping stones to get there in the first place. Yeah, even a CRNA, you know, if you want to take your step further, you know, and you want to go into advanced practice, things like that. As far as a nurse practitioner, you know, just I guess the moral of the story is really embrace your own journey and hustle, hustle hard. But enjoy your journey. Everybody's mm-hmm. journey is different and that's okay. And I Also, think I will say in these tough times, we've been through COVID, the economy has been affected, people have been laid off, furloughed. It's been a rough time on people. Be grateful for any job Yeah. right now mm-hmm. because you're still always, it's always just step one in getting to where you want to go. Right. So it might not be your dream job, but- it's a job, it's experience, and it's going to get you to the next level. Yeah. So just yeah. be grateful for any job. But that being said, don't be afraid to go after your dream job. I'm going to say it right here, perfectly loud and clear. You do not need med surge experience before you go into a specialty. That is antiquated way of thinking. Yes. It's old school. People are going to tell you that. Experienced nurses are going to tell you that. Your nursing professors might tell you that. Don't believe it. I just it. had a patient um, whose mom just became a nurse. And she, she's been a nurse, but she just got her bachelor's. And her professors were telling her that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, girlfriend, you're a nurse. And you don't know that already? Like, no, you can, you can absolutely do whatever it is. She was working in case management. And her professor was like, well, you should work in med surge if you want to work in another unit. And I'm like, girlfriend, no, no. no. That being said, if you get a job in med surge, great for you because one, we need med surge nurses. Two, it's a job, it's good experience, and sometimes that's where people's interest lies. Not everyone wants to do critical care. Actually, I will tell you this: a couple of times when I floated to med surge, I actually freaking loved it. The nurses there are freaking badass. Yeah, they know way more about so many different things. Knowledge is so broad. Yes, see so many more things. Half the time, I'm like, shit. I wish I was because when I become a mom, I'm not going to know half these things. Yeah, seriously. They're like, oh yeah, just take this medication for that. No, 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 and like, oh, this is the way you wrap a bandit. I'm like. I don't know how to do these things. I'm useless. (laughs) Med surge gets a bad rap and that's unfair. So if you go into med surge, great. If you want to specialize after it, great. But don't think that you have to start there because that's the way it used to be. You don't. A lot of new grads hire directly into all these specialty units. And if that's your dream, go for it. That being said, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You can always try again. And when you want to, as an experienced nurse, get into that specialty. We've mentioned it on this podcast before and even how I got my own job. No one's going to say, okay, you've done two years of med surge. Here's your dream job on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. No, you need to network with the nurse manager. You need to 
um, ask them, even if they're hiring new grads, you can even go to that manager and say, hey, I see that you have these new grad positions posted. I'm not a new graduate, but I don't have experience in the trauma ICU or I don't have experience in the OR. I don't have experience in L&D. Are you willing to take me as the new grad program and maybe only do my training for half the amount of time? Mm-hmm. One, yeah. you're solving a problem for them because mm-hmm. guess what? You're not going to you're going to be off orientation and on your own and filling a staffing need a lot sooner than the new grads they hire. Mm-hmm. Your training is going to be a lot faster because you already come with skills and a knowledge base. They might not have even considered doing that. Yeah, you know, and I so think... So you never know, but you, you never got know. it. doesn't hurt. And what's the worst they can tell you? No. Yeah, well, so, you know, and <laughs> put again... Put yourself out there. The yeah, worst put they yourself can do out is there. tell you no. And, you know, as we said, too, there are so many different ways to skin a cat, especially when it comes to nursing. And the other thing, too, which we'll, we'll kind of end on this thought, and Sam and I have talked about this. If you find yourself in a situation where you land the job and you fucking hate it, get out. Yeah. Change it. You don't owe staying nope. to anyone. Nope. Absolutely not. Um, I mean, Sam knows this. I am I am the most selfish nurse employee. I if I'm not happy somewhere, I'm I'm peace out. You Bye. should. Bye. I've worked, you guys, I've worked in seven different um organizations. I've worked travel per diem. I've done full-time, I've done part-time, I've done it, I've done quite a bit in what however many eight years. And I love it. And I've got to meet so many amazing people. I've got to network, do all these things. And nursing and also healthcare in general is so diverse. There's so many things to do. Things are constantly changing. There's more specialties popping up. There's just a lot of things. And so if you're miserable, just take the time, you know, and go research and really try the try to find the thing that fits you. And maybe it's not inside a hospital. Maybe, maybe it's not inside it's a hospital. Something completely different. Maybe it's a, your nurse over there options. that fills up some lips, you know? I love aesthetic nursing. I'm still not ruling that out as something I want to do one day. Yeah. Hey, come fill me up, baby. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Um, Anyway, you guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We know how much so many of you had been dying for this one. We're really excited about these eBooks as well. These, the eBooks are going to be great. You can print them out. There's going to be tons of resources on there. We're going to include all the interview questions um, for not only to practice with, but also as an extension to ask at the end. Portfolio stuff. Again, you guys check that out in our link in the bio. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. As you know, we're sending out some swag bags. Yes. Download, subscribe, rate and review. Yes. And when you review, leave that Insta handle in the review and we will be sending over some lovely stickers, our pens, our selfie pens now. The badge reels. The badge reels. All the swag. All the fun things. We'll be mailing those off to you guys. And then... Remind them sh- again what our code is for the Resume RS. Yes. Oh my gosh. Head over to... Ch- oh, so we have the link in, in the bio as well use coast selfie over on the resume rx.com and you guys will get 20 percent off of any order you do not want to miss out on yes in there those resumes are amazing all right you guys and you know the drill head over to our website that's www.selfiepodcast.com to check out all of our episodes and our merch head over to follow us on instagram that's at c-e-l-l-f-i-e underscore podcast where can they find us sam so i'm on instagram at hey samantha with two a's and if you don't follow me already come on just throw me a bone like i'm pretty cool you guys and you can follow me over at nurse tori 
And we love you guys. We love you. Thank you for all the bonus episodes this last month. It's been fun. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. I know. Oh, and last shout out. You guys want to come with us on a trip. Do our survey. Do the survey, you guys. We are thinking April 2022. We want to go somewhere with all of you. We want a vacation. Some like tropical vibes. Yes. Some cock- beach cocktails. Cocktail in my hand. We just, we can't wait. I mean, we're so excited. We want to meet all of you. We want to hang out with you, the Selfie Squad. We love you. Yes. So please do the survey. So, We'd love to see you meet yeah. post-COVID. Yes. Some Bali action. Yes. Bali, Ali, Ali, Ali. <laughs> All right, you guys, we love you. All right, see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.